Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I feel like I'm constantly reminding myself that we are all carrying around different stressors, big and small. But when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And naturally, that can start to affect everything else around us, too. Therapy can be a safe place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I know that therapy isn't for everyone, but it definitely has benefited me in the past with learning how to sit with my feelings, set boundaries with people, and I don't know, learn how to function with a little less shame. But if you are thinking of starting therapy and access has been hard for you, maybe BetterHelp is the right fit. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. You can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MakeYourBed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MakeYourBed. Good morning, good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another day of the Make Your Damn Bed podcast. February's extended episode on Patreon was a really fun one for me because I went down a rabbit hole after discovering Andrew Boyd. Andrew Boyd is the man behind the Yes Men and Billionaires for Bush, which before doing the deep dive, I had never heard of either movement. In fact, I didn't know what culture jamming was at all. So if you're like me and had no idea about any of this, or you haven't listened to the Patreon episode, today I want to share just a brief overview because I've been obsessed and only a little angry that it took me 36 years to find out that this existed. And I feel like we should start with the concept of culture jamming. According to Wikipedia, culture jamming also sometimes referred to as guerrilla communication, is a form of protest used by many anti-consumerist social movements. It's used to disrupt or subvert media culture and its mainstream cultural institutions, including corporate advertising. It attempts to expose the methods of domination of mass society. So it basically uses the language and rhetoric of the mainstream culture to subversively critique the social institutions that produce said culture. So if we edited a company logo to critique the company's practices or criticize fashion trends by clashing with them purposefully in a way that ideally jams the culture itself. Typically, culture jamming entails using mass media to produce ironic or satirical commentary about itself. And it typically uses the original medium's communication method. Instead of advertising, it's subvertising. The intention of culture jamming is to expose any questionable practices or assumptions behind commercial culture. It's a reaction against a politically imposed social conformity. 
There are so many examples of culture jamming in history, and there are many ways to go about it through street parties or protests or rewriting advertisements, like we said. But the transcending message is to critique things as we know it or as we see them and to kind of out them for what they are. Because at this point, I think we all know that we're constantly being advertised to and sold polished versions of shit. So much so that we've become almost numb to advertisers in general. So finding a way to subvert those advertisements by taking off the mask and explaining that they are actually just selling us garbage in a way that can be either theatrical or dramatic or funny or entertaining or interesting or new. So that ideally we no longer feel so numb to it. And we do see a bit of the truth behind these commercial practices that prey upon our desire to buy shit. Culture jamming is a social campaign based on memeability or shareability and how quickly it can travel and actually reroute the message that's being sent to us. And that act of redirection is so interesting and funny to me. But when you consider the actual intention and impact behind it, you realize that it's not just entertaining and funny and interesting. It's actually really effective and important and cool. So Andrew Boyd has been a big part of many culture jamming campaigns. The first one we're talking about is Billionaires for Bush, which was basically just a street theater organization that satirically supported George W. Bush while dressed in the most costumey, silly billionaire costumes. And they would go and hold up signs thanking Bush for helping out their corporations and the super wealthy and giving them a bunch of tax cuts. My favorite example of a sign they held up was, corporations are people too, and make social security neither. So stinking brilliant. But they would do silly campaigns and ride around in limos to promote this idea that both George Bush and Al Gore at the time were there to give tax breaks to the wealthy. And by drawing attention to it in a very funny and entertaining way, by showing up to the Republican National Convention, as well as the Democratic National Convention, and countless other public events, it became a pretty effective campaign. Effective enough for the NYPD to go undercover and surveil the group in 2003 and 2004, which I found to be an incredibly interesting little tidbit. Andrew Boyd also said he was behind the Yes Men, which according to Wikipedia, is a network of supporters and an activist duo named Jacques Servin and Igor Vamos. Through various actions, their primary aim is to raise awareness about problematic social and political issues. In 2003, they produced a film called The Yes Men. In 2009, they produced one called The Yes Men Fix the World. And in 2014, they produced a movie called The Yes Men Are Revolting. In each of the films, they impersonate entities that they don't like in a practice that they call identity correction. The Yes Men operate under a mission statement that lies can expose truth. They create and maintain fake websites similar to the ones they intend to spoof, which have led to numerous interview, conferences, and TV talk show invitations. And as they play these caricatures, they make shocking and outlandish statements that ideologically align with that company or person's practices. So they acknowledge the idea that a lot of corporations and government entities manipulate ideology using something we call spin. But in response, the yes men use spin to their own advantage. 
by using media outlets to disseminate their personal interpretation of the situation. So a sense of humor and shock value is usually a tactic they use to make these issues more palatable to the general public. And again, they've done a ton of different activism campaigns, which I highly encourage you to look into, but I'll share a couple examples just for fun, like the Ice Age petition, in which they posed as part of the Bush and Cheney campaign, asking people to sign a petition supporting global warming because America's competing countries will suffer while America only bears minor side effects. The Yes Men posed as the Dow Chemical website, and they posted an announcement saying that Dow Chemical Company had no intention whatsoever of repairing the damage. They got a bunch of backlash, but they went further and went on the news to claim that Dow planned to liquidate Union Carbide and use the resulting $12 billion to pay for medical care, clean up the site, and fund research into the hazards of other Dow products. They got two hours of wide coverage and Dow issued a press release denying the statement, saying that they had no employee by those names and this was an imposter, ensuring even greater coverage of the phony news of a cleanup. Their share prices fell immediately. It wiped off $2 billion from its market value. And though there was public backlash to some degree about the hoax, it did effectively raise a ton of awareness at the time of Dow's impact and their plan to never resolve that impact. There was an email leak in 2012 that Dow Chemical Company hired private intelligence firm Stratford to monitor the yes-men. So again, just like the NYPD did to the billionaires for Bush, when you are a successful activist, even if you're doing it in a comedic way, you're going to get those corporations nervous enough to spy on you. And that's something. Anyway, I love you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And I'll talk to you tomorrow while you make your damn bed. Bye, beautiful. 